Welcome to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Demi Fair. Here we dive into the world of the mind-body connection, exploring the gut-brain axis, microbiome, and nervous system while harnessing the power of intuition and connection to spirit. If you struggle with chronic digestive and mental stress and are tired of trying just one more diet or supplement to address your symptoms, then this is the place for you. Join me as we learn from the world of science and medicine, but also from nature, our own inner knowing, and personal stories. Thank you for tuning in, and now it's time to trust your gut. Hello, hello, welcome back to the show. Today I am recording a episode about things I've been learning during my time in Mexico. And you might hear some beautiful waves crashing in the background or birds or dogs or whatever it may be. And I decided to just allow all those noises to come through the windows as I find them really soothing and peaceful. So I hope it's a really nice addition to this episode. So I'm down in Mexico for a month and the reason I came down here was to house sit and dog sit three dogs and one cat. And I'm at this house for just over three weeks and then I'll take a couple days, um, to go explore another area and I'm all alone it's just me here at the house with the dogs and I was really excited about this opportunity to find solitude and to find slowness and to reduce the normal distractions that I have back home and It's been interesting to me some of the things that immediately started to come up once I arrived here. And I want to share about those because they're very much in alignment with many of the things I speak to and this overall theme that I've been speaking to around slowing down and having difficulties with that. So... Even though I came into this situation feeling so in alignment that I needed to be here, that this was an amazing opportunity for me, that this solitude was going to be so nourishing, and just the slowness of like, I don't have a vehicle, so really I'm here at this house, which is an absolute sanctuary. It's just gorgeous. It's a place I could spend all day. But I'm here. I walk to town to get groceries and I walk to the beach. I'm not really going many places. And I have some interactions with people here. There's some people who work on the property and come different times of the week. um, And I'll talk to people in town at the grocery store. Very little. (laughs) But I'm interacting with people, but mostly it's in Spanish, which I don't speak well. And um, it's pretty brief. So it's been 
a lot of time to myself and a lot of time kind of in one spot. And that's not normal for me. (laughs) I have been leaning into more and more solitude within myself and actually needing that and craving that as I've gotten older. But in general, I have been more of a social person to the point where I would over-socialize myself often and not realize it till I burnt out. So I'm gaining a better balance there, but I am definitely used to socializing and I'm used to adventuring, to doing, to moving, to going out, right? I don't often just stay home all day. Um, I'm often going outward, externally, you know, or traveling around the world for five years, whatever. It's a very external energy. So the first thing I noticed upon arriving here, even though all of that was so in alignment, was this feeling of loneliness that rose within me, a sense of boredom, kind of that like, oh my gosh, I'm here for three weeks. What am I, what am I going to do? And then with that was a level of anxiety. And there's been at least two days where I felt quite a lot of anxiety, quite a lot of anxiety. So this was really interesting to me. And I know that like your system needs to adjust to a new place, especially when you come to a very new place, a different country, a different climate, a different environment. And I knew I was taking a bit of time to kind of sink into the the place, the pace. But these things were coming up and I decided to just kind of lean into them a bit and investigate them. And I thought, hmm, am I really lonely? Like, and to be honest, I noticed myself going on my phone a lot more, going on Instagram a lot more. And that's definitely been something I've been struggling with during this time. Um, I think I'm going to it as um, a distraction from maybe some of those feelings as a way to connect with people. And so I started to feel into that loneliness and it, it was really clear, like, I'm not lonely. Like, I'm really not. I love my company. I am really enjoying this solitude. But it was an emotion coming up because that was my system trying to achieve safety. Okay, same with the feeling of boredom or the anxiety. This was all because my system, my nervous system, is so used to the go, 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 do, do, do busyness, the being around people, the being on adventures, that external energy right? This is a pattern that I've talked about in previous episodes of having a hard time slowing down. Like my tendency is to be busy, to be productive, to get things done, to do the adventures, to do the social things. And it's a way that my system learned to keep myself safe. And I learned this really young. And I'm not quite sure when I learned it or how or why, all I can understand 
from my memories, from my knowledge, is that this was modeled to me. I know both my parents, very busy, always doing a lot of things, a lot of activities, a lot of social things, a lot of parties. I've had conversations with my mom where she's expressed how she was just like me, could never be home, could never slow down until her older years when she started to get tired. And so I think this was something modeled to me. I think it was passed down because this seems to be some sort of protective mechanism that my mom certainly used to keep herself safe from her own experiences in childhood and likely something that my dad also used as well. So I know it was modeled to me and I'm sure it was something that felt safe when things didn't feel safe in my environment. And I, as a kid, did a lot of activities. I did all the sports, you know, gymnastics, dance, softball, t-ball, volleyball, soccer, basketball. I did all the things. (laughs) And I think there was a genuine desire to do all these things. And I've always been someone who likes to try a bunch of different activities. I take after my dad in that way. There was never any pressure to do anything. But it seems like I started to learn, like, you just do all these things. And I always had a really big imagination as a kid. Many kids do. But I'd often, like, go off into imagination land. And I also wonder if that was a protective mechanism. So there's this kind of theme that's built back there. And then that became really apparent in high school when I was just completely burning myself out being absolutely busy because I would you know be in school and then I'd be in two different theater productions at a time but also be working a part-time job and then also going out and hang out with friends and partying and never being home and also over exercising and under eating and it led me to you know developing shingles once so I speak to that a bit in the first episode about my story, but that has always been a theme, being obsessed with the to-do list. I remember that so vividly in like high school years, around 19, 20, you know, and then I went to college and it was kind of the same story. You're just like busy, you're social, you're having a great time, you're getting into different activities And then I started traveling and (laughs) I just see this pattern so vividly throughout my life. So it's a way my system feels safe is by doing, is by being busy and, you know, being an adventure, doing exciting things. And so what I noticed is that I was slowing down here and I was taking a lot of solitude and my system started to feel unsafe. It was like, wait, what's going on here? Why aren't we with other people? Why aren't we doing more? What's going on? We're in a new place. And so to achieve safety, the feelings of loneliness come up 
Because why? What, what happens when you're lonely? Well, you reach out to other people to connect. The feelings of boredom come up. Why? Because then you want to do something. You want to be not bored and fill your time. And then underneath all of that was an anxiety because that is, one, a response to not feeling safe in my system, but also that's like an activation into getting me to take action as well. So instead of seeing these emotions and feelings as truth, I saw them as, oh my God, this is how my system is trying to get me to achieve safety because it's not feeling safe here. It's not feeling safe in this slowness and in this solitude. Even though cognitively, I know, cognitively, I know this is really good for me and this is what I want. My body and my system was like, what? And I'm about mm, getting close to about two weeks here now and it's still occurring even though i'm more settled in i can i woke up this morning feeling lonely and i was just journaling about this and i see this as something linked to this experience i used to have where i woke up and i just felt empty i just felt emptiness and it was almost like i didn't want to do the day and if it was sunny out, I felt even more empty because it was this like anxiety right away of what are you going to do today? What are you going to do to make the most of the sun? Like that's, that's that anxiety right away. Like you need to do. And I would wake up feeling empty. And this morning I had a dream and this kind of triggered that feeling of loneliness but I woke up and I felt that and it reminded me of that feeling of emptiness that I used to get so this has been really eye-opening for me very very eye-opening and what I have been doing with it is one it's incredible awareness for me which is always the first step Right, We just have awareness of how our system is responding and how it achieves safety and what it's doing to try to achieve safety. And then two, I've been leaning into it as best as I can. So I notice that I can keep myself busy without having to be around people or going anywhere, right? I have plenty of things to do in terms of this business. And I will easily dive into that hole all day long, creating things, creating content. So I'm stepping away from that a little bit. Like I'm using this space as opportunity to not have distractions and follow the inspiration and the creativity and create things but I've also been just noticing if I'm using that as a way to distract or or feel that sense of safety and there's been some times where I've felt the anxiety or the different things come up and I just go to the yoga mat and I put on some music and I just move it I just move it and I end up crying and I 
end up feeling this sadness and what I started to also uncover is underneath all that busyness is deep sadness, is deep grief. And that is likely the root right there. I don't want to feel that deep grief and that deep sadness. So I'm going to keep myself busy. I'm going to keep myself ahead of that, ahead of that disappointment. I don't totally know the source of this deep grief and sadness. Intuitively, I feel that it is some of mine from childhood and other things experienced throughout my life that maybe I didn't really process in that time. And I also feel that it's my mom's deep grief and sadness, probably my dad's too, and just kind of goes back into the family. I feel like there's so much deep grief that wasn't ever addressed, wasn't ever really processed, and that is living within me. So I am honoring that and letting myself feel that. That is something that I don't think I really started to truly feel until my 30s. Um, So the last two years, I think I would go off and, you know, do my things that kept me ahead of that and kept me busy. Also within this idea of safety, I've been learning here that I don't know if I've ever truly felt safe at my core. I feel as though I've been holding this feeling of not being safe all my life. And I had a session with my therapist last week and we got into that a little bit and I think I have felt unsafe since I was in the womb. Probably given whatever was passed to me from my mom, whether that was her own um, unsafety that she passed down and or any feelings of unsafety while she was pregnant with me. So I'm seeing that this runs really deep. This runs really deep, this pattern. And that gives me a lot of compassion and patience. And it helps me understand a lot of the things that I've done. And it, it's kind of weird to me when I think, okay, so if I haven't felt safe, if I felt unsafe, why did I go you know, travel for five years in my 20s in you know, these situations that like I just would buy one-way tickets. Sometimes I didn't know where I was sleeping. I definitely got into some situations that probably were unsafe. I would do these risky things in the mountains. Um, I've been very drawn to sports that are a little bit more risky. And so why am I going into these situations that are not like necessarily giving me safety and security? And I think that's a way to deal with it. One of the ways people avoid their trauma, avoid their triggers, their pain, is to just go into it. (laughs) Not going into it in the right way, but going into like 
the adrenaline, the stress hormones, the big adventures, like, well, if I just like blast into this, then that's not going to seem like anything. Then that's not a big deal. And it, it may not make sense, but it is a common way that people avoid their trauma is to go get big, go get a lot of adrenaline, be kind of reckless, maybe be risky, go into the things that are scary and stretch their edge. And like some of that can be really beautiful, growth-filled stuff. It's not bad. None of this is bad. But I'm just noticing how those things, beautiful things like traveling around the world, the ventures I've done in the mountains are just the best things I've done in my life. No doubt. And there's a genuine, authentic motivation and connection to those things. It's not just that I'm avoiding trauma or distracting myself. But I just noticed (laughs) that that may have been a way I did still distract and still keep myself busy to not necessarily feel some of the things underneath. And that's fine. That's what I needed to do at that time. I wasn't ready to look at all this stuff until I got into my 30s. And I was looking at some of it throughout my 20s, but not in the way that I am now. So that's been another interesting download that I have received. Ah, So that is mostly what I wanted to share with you all. Um, from my time here so far in Mexico. Um, I hope that that is helpful for some of you, especially if you are like me and you struggle with slowing down and you use busyness as a protective mechanism to see how to lean into first bringing awareness to these mechanisms that we're using, these patterns that we have, how we're protecting ourselves, what makes us feel safe, what doesn't make us feel safe, and then how to start like leaning into it slowly and really honoring what's underneath it all, which can often be grief, but it can also be fear. It can also be anger. There could be different emotions associated with the busyness. So hopefully this inspires you to look at those things and lean into them a little bit more. And as always, I'm here to support you if that's something you need help with moving through. The other thing I'll share about my time is um, I've definitely been challenged by the spiders here. And I, oh man, I do not like spiders. When I was younger, I had the worst fear of spiders. Even the tiniest little spider, I'd scream. So I've worked through that fear a lot. And I had this one situation in India where the biggest spider I've ever seen was in my room and I was all alone late at night and I had to catch it otherwise there was no way I was going to sleep and it was a long process trying to catch it 
like maybe two hours because it was hiding. It knew I was there. It was giant. When it ran, I could hear it. I don't know if you can hear that. Anyways, I thought, okay, great. (laughs) I'm cured. (laughs) There's never going to be a worse spider situation, you know? And the thing is, like, I've traveled to a lot of tropical places. India, Nepal, Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, Vietnam, Costa Rica, Mexico. And that was really my worst situation. I've never really encountered other big spiders like within the house or the room that I'm staying besides that one and maybe another in Nepal. Um, so I guess I just didn't really think about that coming down here. And um, yeah, I think the first night, maybe maybe the second night, um, there was a, quite a big spider in my room Um, there's wolf spiders down here, which apparently are all over North America, but I haven't seen them much. And apparently there's a lot here in this house. So one was in my room and I had to catch it because again, you're in my room. I can't sleep, you know, and I'm like, oh boy. Okay. You know, just that's fine. The next night I'm downstairs. I go to like do something and there's one right in front of my face on this dresser and I'm like oh my god okay well it's downstairs it's fine you know I can't do anything about it there's a ton here so I need to just go to bed it's not in my room it's fine and so the next day I look up like how do you deter spiders and they say vinegar will work so I've been spraying vinegar and water around my room every night and then the next day I'm outside for sunset stars come out and I come inside and across the room on the wall is the biggest one I've seen yet and I'm like oh my god okay okay well it's fine it's downstairs it's on the wall like that's cool it's not in my room we're fine like Just really don't need to see one every night, though. Like, I know you're here. I'm, like, starting to talk to the spiders and the land. I'm like, okay, I know you're here. Like, my boundaries are my room, the bathroom, and the kitchen. But you stay in your hidey holes and your other corners. And, you know, we don't need to see each other. We can just coexist, right? And that worked for, like, two nights. I didn't see one. And that was really nice. I felt like my nervous system got to settle down a bit because, like, this activates me. Big spiders activate me. This might be another, this is another source of my anxiety. It's not all just uh, solitude and slowing down. But um, I felt good. Um, And then I had these, like, two nights of pretty bad sleep. And... The dogs like woke me up at 12:30 one night. I like came out of my room and there's a spider on the wall outside my door. And I'm like, oh man, you're getting a little too close for my comfort, but you're still not in my room. It's late. I can't deal with this. I'm going to bed. But this spider was like outside. There's this little like window with this wood panel that opens and shuts to my room. And the spider was on the other side of that window. And when I had found that other spider in my room, I took my running shoes off the ground, turned them upside down and put them on this window seal to, you know, keep the spiders out. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, 
that spider's not there, but Demi, you need to check your running shoes. Like instantly I knew. And this is first thing in the morning. So I flip one over, fine. I flip the second one over and the spider is in my shoe. In my shoe. This is like one of my worst fears. Like how many times have I checked my shoes for spiders before I put them on? Like every time I've stayed in a tent and my shoes are outside, I'm like, okay, I hope a spider's not in here. This spider is in my shoe. Not just any spider, a big ass wolf spider in my running shoe. And then it crawls up into the toe once I flip it over and I'm like, damn it. So I have this little net, little bug net. I put my shoe in the bug net and I carry it out to the balcony and the spider's hiding up in the toe. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to I guess I gotta like knock this out. I gotta like knock it out of my shoe. And of course my fear is like that I'm knocking it out and it's gonna jump out at me, you know, or on my hand. So I knock, 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 and then it jumps out and luckily away from me. Woo-wee, that was a line crossed big, big time. So I have been feeling very challenged by this and it definitely has been increasing my anxiety so pretty much at night I come in and I'm like I'm trying not to look around but I'm just like am I gonna see a spider tonight and is it gonna be in my room <laughs> Ooh, so that's just a little fun part of this time in paradise and um been trying to you know wonder if there's some message coming from these spiders um, especially around fears and and whatnot. So if I get any strong message, I'll let you all know. <laughs> um, that's it for me from now. Um, I definitely have some more to share around having some flare-ups in my gut, uh, which can be expected going to a new place, drinking new water, eating different food, whatnot. Uh, but getting some really clear messages around what symptoms mean and how to navigate them. So I'm excited to have that message come together a little bit more clearly and share that in a upcoming episode here soon. Anyways, thanks so much for being here and listening to my thoughts and what I'm learning in my world. And I wish you all a resilient and regulated day. Hey, before you go, I want to remind you that if you struggle with chronic gut brain symptoms and you are eating so well, taking care of your body, doing all the things right that you can find, yet you're still struggling with your symptoms, then you'll want to grab a copy of my free guide and somatic practice to help you discover the missing piece of your chronic gut brain symptoms that may be keeping you stuck. This guide will teach you tools and resources to help you feel empowered in your healing, trust your body, and find true freedom from your symptoms without needing to control your diet and every moment of your life any further. You can find the link in the show notes or head over to trustyourguthealth.com forward slash guide. I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and share it. That helps it reach others who will benefit from this information. 
so much gratitude for you. Have a beautiful day.